Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Well, hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have with me my friend, Reverend Michael Norton. Hello, Michael. Hi, Heidi. It's a pleasure to be back on today. Yes, I had you on um, a few months ago and we talked about deliverance and inner healing um, and how to know the difference. And so you you really come with a wealth of knowledge and experience, um, a, a lot um, of working with people who have dissociative identity disorder, mm-hmm. people who struggled with satanic ritual abuse. But the biggest thing that I would say that I love about you is just your love for Jesus and just being with him, you know, you're not out for the hunt or you're not out for the yeah. thing. Um, it, to me, I feel like your ministry is really, God really found you and the purpose and the calling that you have is from him finding you. So I say that because I think a lot of times some of us can think, Oh, this would be so cool to do this work. And mm-hmm. it's not really work that you're saying, Oh, I want to go do it. It's, it's kind of like, it finds you there's, it's that purpose that God's saying, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So today we are going to be talking about the bigger Christmas story. And so I I reached out to you because you posted something about this. And I thought this would be a great show to have where we talk about, especially right now as it's Christmas, where it's Christmas season right now, and what the real bigger Christmas story is. And so ba- with your wealth of knowledge and your experience, I think that it's really important. And so my prayer is that the listeners can really kind of have an awakening, awakening and an expansion of the power of the word of God and really be more connected and intimate with Jesus, the person of Jesus and the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, Father God, that there, um, there's not a separation. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, why, why don't you kind of start of what, what made you actually do the post in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then we'll actually kind of go through some of the teaching and where the, the bigger Christmas story actually starts. Right. Well, actually, to answer that question, it's twofold. The first one is being transparent with myself. Back up to around 2005, I was 40-something. When I went to the church productions, we always did the, the story, you know, the Isaiah, reading the Isaiah, and then doing these wonderful, you know, worship productions, which are marvelous. Yes. And I was on the fire insurance side of the pew, the Frozen Chosen. I wasn't there to have a relationship with Jesus because I didn't understand we could have one. So I didn't understand there was more to Jesus prior to him being born. Like he was out in heaven, nebulous, floating somewhere. Nothing ever happened until, you know, he came in through Mary. And that's not true. And I think when we go to these productions, I notice a lot of Christians I work with counseling also had that impersonation. Like what? He was in the Old Testament. What? You know, he was, you know, he was created part of the creation. You know what? It's it's been an eye opener. And so it's kind of like, something that touched my heart too. Like we got to get this word out, even though these productions are great, there's more to Jesus at Christmas time. And it didn't start with the prophecy of Isaiah and these other guys, right? It's, he was present far before leading up to this. And there was events that we don't discuss that reason why he came into existence. And my second part of the question is, as I deal with a spiritual warfare minister, um, we get severely attacked trials, Mm 
Yeah. God allows us to be sifted and we deal with demonic possessions and other stuff because God's going, that's my boy. You're not gonna be able to take them on. You're not gonna be able to break them. Mm-hmm. So some of the attacks that come on are, well, Jesus isn't real. You hear the demonic mm-hmm. voice, you know, come on, knock it off, right? It gets annoying. It gets frustrating, but they'll keep chattering to you to try to break you with it. And unfortunately, I had a minister that worked with me for years and they broke her. Mm-hmm. And she renounced her 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 faith from it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she came back and said during one of the things she talked to me was, well, I couldn't even find Jesus in the Old Testament. I go, what? I wish you would talk to me. I'm sitting on top of this stuff. And she went to New Age, you know, and and one of the doorways that got her through too was Harry Potter, which was crazy. You know, she knew it was a, a, a spiritual warfare minister not to go in that stuff. It was demonic. And so as they broke her through that and she got into Harry Potter and stuff, she's ended up becoming new age, got into this manifest destiny stuff through, yeah. you know, the secret. And it just, it's like, well, how did this happen? How, how are they, you know, that's what they do. They, they can't bring us down unless they, they try to undo our theology. You have to be careful. Yeah. That's good. So, Cause really the, yeah. the new age and the secret, all of that stuff, it actually, you actually experience real manifestations that actually feel good. So oh, yeah. it's yeah. not something that, because even some people are listening, they're like, oh, what's wrong with that? And mm-hmm. it's, you actually will have, like, if you practice it on the outside, you'll actually look good. So then what would you say is actually wrong about stepping into those things, even if on the outside, it looks fine? Well, the, the demons try to teach you, like, say, they're not, they're not there, right? So demons saying, this is you acting, stepping as God, doing what God can do. And this is man doing it. And that's what's wrong with it. And then it goes deeper and darker to learn you down to darker stuff. Okay, I, I did this. Now, what more can I do? And then it opens, it's the gateway drug for witchcraft. Yeah, because then it just goes from thing to thing. And then yeah. I, w- I would say about that is that the fruit in your life, really looking at what's the fruit in your life. Are you really mm-hmm. at peace? Are you really right. joyful? How are your relationships? How is your marriage? How are your children? You know, just really look at how your children are doing. And again, if you right. have someone that's struggling, that doesn't mean that you have bad fruit. Uh, but mm-hmm. that that general overall level of peace and your connection and your intimacy with God, if you're, if you're in the secret place daily, you know, even right. if you have five minutes, but that you're connected to him and you like, you know, that he's with you, mm-hmm. then that's good fruit. So, right. so let's go to the bigger Christmas story. And it really right. starts with um, pre-existence, preeminence, mm-hmm. that Jesus was in the old Testament Right. Um, Jesus actually was from the beginning. Um, so talk about kind of this bigger Christmas story and where you want to start. Okay. Actually, I'm going to start with um, John 1. Mm, but yes. you look at the New Testament, yeah. the Gospels, right? We had um, the Gospel of John separates itself from the the, the um, Synoptic Gospels, where he starts telling that Jesus is the creator. And if you read the Gospels, all the Gospels link back to the Old Testament. And John's no different. What does the word synoptic mean? You said it's synoptic gospels. Can you explain that? Oh uh, gosh, I'm on a rank here now. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, it's. I, I can edit. Retelling, I need yeah, to. it's. We start with the um, you know, the, the 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 history of Jesus and go all the way through. Yeah, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke have that same model, where. Um, John breaks off and he starts talking about the, the at least the, the deity of Jesus Christ and who he is. Mm. Right. Um, and we look at John one, it's kind of interesting because it's linking back to Genesis, right? But instead, this time we're Genesis one, we're talking about Yahweh. Mm. Now we go back to John one and relating Jesus to doing the creation. So in John one, in the beginning was the word. Mm. Um, how you break this apart was in the beginning. 
was before there was anything, before there was the earth, before, so that's what these, they're establishing the language, right? Look at the language. Before there was anything was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. He was beginning with God, right? Mm -hmm. So all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay, they're talking about Jesus here, right? So we have this whole vehicle here taking us back to Genesis 1, that Jesus was part of the creation. He was, a, he was the, uh, the active force creation. He was the word. A lot of times you go to um, here that here preach with you, we start talking about logos and rhema, right? And the word. But I think when we get to the seminary parts at the pulpit, it complicates things. He was the word. God was the word. Jesus was the word, right? Break it down to that. Jesus was in the beginning and all things were made through him by him, which says what? Right. And we'll get down to this too. All things, all spiritual creatures were made by him. And all spiritual beings in flesh and all physical realm creatures, earth was made by him. So we go down the whole line. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All things were made by him for him. In him was life. I think the Greek word was Zoe, right? And both so that creation was both the physical and spiritual realms were created by him, mm -hmm. by Jesus. That's how we unpack um, John 1. Um, go to Colossians. It's reinforced again. But and for Colossians, uh, we got one fifteen through twenty. It's called the preeminence of Christ. Mm. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For him, by all things were created in earth and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him, for him, and that's a heavy one to unpack. He is the image mm. of God, right? We see that back in Genesis. Was it Genesis one twenty six? Let us create man in our image. Yes. So we are a lesser image of the angels and God, but here in Colossians 1.15, he is the image of God. Mm. He's he's at that level, right? He's he is God. Yeah. And imaging. So we're gonna start start establishing who Jesus is. He existed before creation. He existed and created the angels. Wow. What we call spiritual beings. We have a bigger breakdown and get to later, but yep. the church typically calls them angels right now. But angels typically a messenger. Yeah, but what he created was spiritual beings. So we have these these things he calls out whether they um the visible and visible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Where have we seen that language again? We've seen that in Ephesians six twelve. Yes. Yep. So he created these principalities, whether good or bad. You know, mm. they, they eventually rebelled. Some of them did. So here's this whole realm, spiritual realm that Jesus was responsible for creating. Mm. Well, how does this conflict with Genesis one and Yahweh and the Spirit? Holy Spirit doesn't. They're th the three in one, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's the co-partnering, the three in one we see here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Doing this. So I want to ask a question, but it might be too soon and you might need to answer it later. Yeah. How is this possible if the Christmas story, the current Christmas story that we have, which is right. Jesus being born of a virgin. Mm-hmm. How help us, those of us who are skeptical and listening to right. this and saying, well, no, Jesus couldn't have, that mm -hmm. just means the Bible, or that just means God, that doesn't mean Jesus. How are you getting right. Jesus out of that when we know that Jesus was born of virgin from the beginning of the gospels in the New Testament? So how, right. how does Mary have to do with this? And where's the preeminence when he was physically born? Is that more his physical? That's him as a man. Right. 
So that's a good question. So how do we get from you're there talking to about You're talking about spiritual realm. Right. And Mary is when he came as a physical form and did his actual ministry as a man. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do we get from there to here? <laughs> right. right. Um, we can go right. back to the fall. Let's go to Genesis 3. I want to make sure I get these right. Let me scroll here. So in Genesis 3, we had the fall, right? They had the serpent and the kosh, the, um, who's Satan, who mm -hmm. deceived Eve, and Adam flat out rebelled and ate the fruit too, right? <laughs> he heard directly from God, don't touch that. But, you know, so we had two different forms of sin happening here. One yep. was deception and one was rebelling. Yep. So when this happened, Yahweh had, God had to do something. He mm -hmm. had to do something. You know, th there had to be consequences, so when we look down at Genesis uh, was it 3, 14 through 15, I'm going to go through this. So this is the consequences here that God did for the, the fall, right? Starting with Genesis 3, 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. So this is the curse on the Nakash, the serpent, Satan, right? There's some interesting language here. I'm going to break it up here too, because this is where we start having to deal with the spiritual realm. And if you look at the last ones, on your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat. When we talk about dust in the Old Testament, we're talking about shul, death. We're talking that this spiritual being is going to face death hmm. eventually. He's no longer eternal, right? So that's part of his curse. And when we go to Genesis 3.15, we start looking, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Where we heard this language before, it kind of comes back over in Isaiah and the prophecy, right? Mm. What are we talking about here? We're talking about two things here. We have to break out Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and your offspring and her offspring. We see God didn't throw away the woman. He's going to use her as we call the seed. Many times we, back in the Old Testament, even though it was the woman that had it, we say his seed because we always referred to the man instead of the woman. Yeah. We'll see in the Old Testament in Hebrew that his seed or her seed will come against your seed. So when we see like when Cain and Abel happened, right? Cain murdered Abel. Mm. Um, Adam knew Eve again, and they conceived, right? Seth, right? Mm. So again, her seed, right? will keep reproducing and building like a lot of these prophets, these, these other people down the line. To conflict, right? However, it's a twofold prophecy. And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head. It's definitive to a he. Mm. Who's that? We're talking about Jesus coming in, right? Jesus is going to come in and settle the score from what happened in the fall. He's going to happen right there. And look how it's read. He shall bruise your head, right? What happens? He bruises Satan's head, and you shall bruise his heel. Again, this is part of the prophecy that goes back to Isaiah, right? He's nailed to the cross with his, you know, the, the feet are nailed to the cross. We see the same language in Isaiah's prophecy. So we're from the very beginning, the get-go of Genesis, we're seeing this prophecy that Jesus is going to come down and handle these things that were disrupted during these, these falls that happened. And that's where it's launched, right? Does that make, is that clear or is it got a little muddy? Yeah. I mean, it's like, this is so powerful. I mean, especially yeah. connecting it to the Christmas story in Isaiah mm -hmm. that I it mean, it starts right there in Genesis, right? These prophecies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you're just going back to the beginning and explaining mm -hmm. where these, where these, this is where it is. Came, yes. Yeah. Where it came from. That's really what you're doing. 
Yep, and we we glaze over. There was actually three falls. I'm going to go quickly here because mm-hmm. I don't want to disrupt a lot of stuff. Yep. The second fall <laughs> was Genesis 6 mm-hmm. with the Nephilim. Yeah. Okay, so what we're seeing is the fall of man was we took the knowledge of the Elohims for ourselves. That mm-hmm. was our that was our fall, right? We weren't supposed to touch it. God wanted to teach us in the garden, right? He wanted to raise us up. That's why don't touch the tree of good and evil. I'm going to teach you guys about this on my own. But yeah. we took the knowledge for ourselves. Yeah. That was a fall number one. Fall number two was Genesis 6, where the angels took for themselves, right? It's a taking, took for themselves um, wives, earthly wives. So each one of these takings were something we weren't supposed to do. It was a rebellion against God, mm. right? The angels were not supposed to take for themselves wives. And so that was the second fall. And what happened there was the earth got defiled, right? And man became inherently evil. We know that. So God fled the earth. In Genesis 7, God says man was inherently evil, so I'll never flood the earth again. So that was fall number two. Am I going too fast? Does that make sense? No, you're good. I'm going to cover it it briefly. Fall number three was the Babylon. Ah. So that's where God divorced the nations. That's why God hates divorces. He's been through one, right? so he took for himself like so god said is uh, what's going on down here let us go down use that language again right we start seeking these um these heavenly councils right god moves with the heavenly council if he's coming mm-hmm. descending from heaven let us he's bringing his counsel with him mm-hmm. we see this when he divorced the nations divided them we see from deuteronomy 32 8 where he divided amongst the elohims the sons of god okay that's what that introduces elohim is sons of god yep that yeah. introduces yeah ben elohim right? Introduces the regional spirits. Hmm. That's how we got regional spirits. That's how Daniel got the Prince of Persia was there at Babylon. And some of these, like we're talking about earlier, God, Jesus created the um, principalities, the rulers, some Mm -hmm. were good, some were bad. Yeah. Right. We see the rulers of Egypt. They were bad. The spiritual rulers, right? (laughs) Yeah. They were bad. So those are the three falls. So Jesus had to come and correct these three falls. Hmm. Part of his mission. We'll see that. And there's, there's a lot more depth that I want to get into here. That's what some of the, right. the that's kind of Cosmo came out to you. That's it, kind of sorry, overarching. Thoughts. Yeah. yeah. It was a big mess, but it wasn't too big. Jesus can fix it. So he had, so Jesus had to descend from heaven, become incarnate and fix these issues. Hmm. So that we can be free. So some people, I'm just trying to think about people who are questioning, have some questions Oh, real quick too, Frank, I interrupt you. So that's Go ahead. Uh, the Babylon is where the Great Commission started, right? The Great Commission is to uh, the fulfillment of the Gentiles. The Gentiles were the 6,900 nations that were under regional spirits. Hmm. So again, that catapults us back to what do we have? The Great Commission, right? Hmm. That Jesus launched. So sorry, go ahead and go. <laughs> no, that's yeah. that. I mean, that's this is so good. I mean, this is such rich revelation. Um, I'm just, I, I want to encourage people who are listening. If they're like, oh my gosh, this is too deep for me. Just, I want to encourage you that your spirit hears it. And so the Holy spirit in you hears what, what he's communicating. Um, and as you keep kind of diving into the word of God, more of this will make sense. Cause I've heard this story a couple of times now from you, or just not put the whole yeah. thing, but some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and each time I hear it, it just sinks in even more. And I've read your book, you know, and so it's, it's heavy stuff even for me. Um, mm-hmm. but God, the gospel is simple. The gospel right. is simple. And we, we all can, we all can, understand the gospel but you're getting into a lot of the spiritual realm that's a lot of what you're talking about 
So can you communicate the spiritual realm with what you're talking about in these falls in the connection to kind of this bigger Christmas story? Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so Jesus had to come down. He had to come down, correct it, right? That's why God became incarnate. I connected more stuff about too, like we'll talk about uh, Paul in Ephesians 6, 12, Mm -hmm. our spiritual war, you know, war is not against flesh, but against these principalities and other things coming down. So God had, Jesus had to come down and do something about that. And Colossians 2.16, I'm firing off the cuff here, mm-hmm. where he took the rulers through the streets in chains and embarrassed them. What is that referring to? These are the wicked principalities that Jesus came down, you know, from his work on the cross. I believe it's Colossians 2.16. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. I think that's which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Oh, no, it's where you had them in chains. Let me see. Um, (laughs) Usually I have these off my cuff. Colossians 2.15. Let's go to Colossians 2. I'll pull it up. Oh, he having disarms, principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. There's that language again, rulers and authorities. So when Jesus came back, right, he disarmed them. We still have them around now. They're doing collateral damage. We see that in politics. We see it in what's happening in the world today. It's It looks like when Jesus came down, like if we look at World War II, we had a D-Day, right? Yeah. We hit the beaches of Normandy, and we yeah. defeated the enemy. And that's kind of like what the Jesus' work on the cross was. When the day of the Lord comes, that's kind of like World War II's VE day. The war ends. Yeah, But we noticed that similar to World War II, we had these Nazis running around blowing up stuff, doing collateral damage. That's what these regional spirits are doing now. Hmm. Demons, they know they're doomed. They know it, but they've been stripped of their powers, what they're ruling over, but they're still causing collateral damage right now. And that's the the dispensation we're in of the end times church. Hmm. So Jesus, so you see it right there. That's that connection back to uh, Colossians 2.14, links us back to Ephesians 2.16, back to Babylon. Right. Got it. That's so what's happening in the spirit realm. So then what what do we need to do and grasp from the story to like what does God need us to do? You know, like hearing the story from you, how is this going to help God? How is this going to help us? I think it brings us into a greater understanding of who he is. He's in control. You know, the 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 enemy brought chaos. Satan's the leader of all this. He brought chaos, right? And Jesus brings order. Holy Spirit brings order. And whenever battles we're in right now, like when I go in my darkest battles, I don't go through going, hey, back to Colossians 2.14, you know, quoting all this stuff. (laughs) I compounded the fact that (laughs) you guys are dealing with Jesus, right? You guys actually think you're going to beat him? You know, you get that attitude, right? It's just because you already understand. By the time your prayer closet, meditating on it, you know, go do contemplative prayer around. What's this about, God? You know, it's going to, it took me years to put this together. And part of it was I was stuck on Ephesians 6.12 because it didn't look like anything else in the Bible. Where did this come from? You know, and that's why I went backwards. Where What's this about? It seems, you know, I have a book by, um, a thick book on Paul right <laughs> in my back shelf, you know, textbook. And it didn't cover it either. It just, it just covered the Greek on it and covered the, you know, what's happening in Ephesus and about the, you know, the Diana of Artemis, but it didn't cover why that language is used. And you start unpacking this stuff and there's a big battle that Jesus is taking care of when he came here, right? Um, we'll see, we will see too, that when Jesus took care of what we call in Genesis 6, the angels that took for themselves wives, mm. they're the watchers. 
if you look at Second Peter, we have the angels in the abyss who are in chains. Mm. Who are those guys? Satan's roaming free. So are his minions, right? Something happened. So those are the guys, the, the angels who took for themselves wives are in the abyss. And if you look at the language too, well, who's in prison now? It's not Satan. You go to, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to jump here. Revelation 9, where, you, where the, they let out of the abyss, these demons with horn, you know, with um, stingers and it's yeah. the, the watchers. The watchers are going to come and they're going to come attack all the people who don't have the mark of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So it's not Satan's angels who are in prison right now. They're they're in the they're in the heavenly realm, second heaven, right? They're the they're the, um, the rulers, the principalities, and he's up there too. So they're not in prison yet. It doesn't happen yet until like Revelation twenty. So but, it's all this crazy stuff. You're looking like, who are these guys? Well, who's that? You know, and you start unpacking it. It's like, oh my god, that that links to that, and that links to that. And we start seeing um, some of the older uh, Kumaran scripts, you know, like uh, Dead Sea Scrolls and mm -hmm. some of the pieces coming together from Second Temple Hebrew books like um, Jubilee and uh, what's it, the Book of Enoch. Yes. Although these aren't canon. They weren't canon in Septuagint either, but they were books that were available. They link these pieces together, you know, and it's just you don't have to have the definitive answer, but it's like it's a we're putting together a puzzle. You know, like mm -hmm. a 12,000 piece puzzle that's all white. <laughs> you know? It's like this piece fits here, you know, but I don't have the rest of the pieces. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. A lot of what I hear what you're saying is an increase in authority and power in who we are in Christ. Like exactly. you were like a hundred percent sure, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that Jesus is alive mm -hmm. and yes. he's on the throne and mm -hmm. like you, your knowledge and your experience really supports that and that even for us to know who we are and so to me i feel like what you're explaining today in the real the the real the the bigger story of christmas is really knowing the true identity of who we are to be able yes. to fight yes battles that we have that really are minions and demons and who whatever mm -hmm. it is that they're whoever they are trying to affect our mind affect our marriages mm -hmm. affect our children and us being able to have the revelation of the power and authority that we actually have as vessels of the kingdom of God and that mm -hmm. he won and he's still alive today. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what I am getting from what you are explaining, yes. that this really is yeah. us walking in our true purpose. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to come as an understanding all one day. This took me decades yes that's uh, good <laughs> things i saw in spiritual warfare i didn't understand i got bits and pieces right and little by little like how, well, it started this in 2006 spiritual warfare i wrote two books and i kept having question marks to myself right and that's how the third book came out cosmology and demonology but it took 10 years from the first book to the second book to oh my gosh you know so it was a path of passion. It wasn't like, you know, I got to learn this, become seminary and all this stuff. It's like, what's this about Jesus? What's going on here? And little by little pieces came together. Right. And it's just, and I don't have it all now and I won't ever have it all, but I think it's kind of cool that you, are, you get these revelations like what? That's cool. You know, it's a journey. It's yeah. And, and you have facts mm -hmm. based on what you are what the revelation that he's giving you from, from his word, the facts you have are what you are walking out when you are doing deliverances with people. Yes. And the, mm -hmm. so, so you have, um, you have used the word that um, it's caught, not taught. So yes. there's been a lot that you have caught 
from Mm -hmm. bumps, from mess ups, from experiences, Mm -hmm. working with people who struggle with mental health issues um, or are needing deliverance or think they need deliverance, but they actually don't need deliverance. Mm -hmm. They need counseling, (laughs) but they need counseling from someone who actually understands Mm -hmm. working with people who are fragmented. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just really encouraged by your faithfulness and continuing mm-hmm. in your passion and continuing yeah. to seek. Um, what, what more would you want to share about this story that you feel like we haven't touched on? I mean, obviously there's a, a ton more, right. but um, before I kind of have you pray for the listeners and right. um, what else have we kind of, is there anything else that we've left out that you really wanted to make sure we talked about? Oh, probably <laughs> so much there, but it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, when you look at this thing, like I said, it's, this is a season for Jesus for Christmas and it's so much to it. And he is who he is. He's, he's God hands down. You know, he has the Holy spirit as his helper. We have an indwelling Jesus that lives in us at the temple, right? Mm-hmm. We have access to, and it just, it's just mind boggling, amazing me. And like I said, I, I've been through, I mentioned that in fact, I mentioned that Facebook post. I've been through spiritual warfare things. I don't even want to talk about because mm-hmm. nobody will believe me, but they were so right. dark, so harsh. And I took a beating that what kept me alive in the fight was you're going to lose. You're going against Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus wins hands down. So some yeah. battles are not fun. Some battles are drug out, you know, mm-hmm. but Jesus wins hands down. These mm-hmm. things can't beat them. You know, it's, it's all the attack on our mind, what we deal with. So you got to get that certitude of who he is. And that's through the prayer room, right? It's like, you know, I don't go through and go, gosh, Jesus, Ephesians 6, 12, you know, the prayer room, we have our conversations and stuff. He'll drop tidbits in, right? or, you know, or something along the way. And it's just who he is. And it's, I think the relationship's important, but understanding who he is is also important, but it's kind of like, like a marriage, right? You want to know who your spouse is. Yeah. That's you know? good. Yeah. I want to know, I wanna know, the, I wanna know the genealogy, right? That's um, what this came down to. I want to know his genealogy. Oh my gosh. You know, up to about 10 years ago, I didn't realize you were part of creation. I didn't know that, you know, I just thought, oh, you showed up to the miracle of Mary and, you know, and so on. Right. It's just, it's just, to me, it's just, it's who he is. And no matter where you're at, where you do, he's going to, he's going to pull you through no matter how dark, no matter what. And I go through harsh stuff now too. It's just like trials. And it's just like, I, oh God, I know it's a trial. It stinks. I hate being in it, but I can't wait to see the end, (laughs) you know? Yeah. That's so good. Where I think a lot of times people will get into a trial and they don't see it as a trial. They see it as this is who I am. I'm no good. I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's literally, that's where the enemy can just take over us to where we don't right. even see what mm-hmm. God is through the trial. That's um, how he grows I, us. Yep. Yeah. That I, I wouldn't I, have been through any of these dark spiritual battles without him putting me through horrible trials. And I understood that like, oh, this is going to be a trial and it what's coming up, you know, but it shaped you for it. And that's how he got us through it was. And the enemy is allowed to come in through his trials. Yeah. Is like, you know, you're gonna mess with my boy Mike here. I know who he is, you know. <laughs> you know, yes, no, that's good. He'll take a beating, but I know he's gonna pop out. You know, it's kind of like it reminds you kind of like Job type style stuff. I don't right. have that level, thank God, knock on wood. But yeah, this is my, who Mike is in our relationship together. It's like I'm I know he's gonna make it through. Right. And then um, I guess I would just love to end with what the Christmas prophecy is of Jesus descending from heaven. And I think that is um you have Isaiah seven fourteen, then also Isaiah mm-hmm. fifty three five through six. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's that's the Christmas prophecy of Jesus descending from heaven? There were so many of them. Those are the closest ones I wanted to find without disseminating stuff. But yeah, 
Okay. Here he is. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him, chastisement that was brought us peace through his wounds were healed. Right yeah. back to, you know, he will bruise your heel, right? Yes. Against, you know, back to Genesis. Genesis. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. And I'm going through a book right now by a dissertation mm -hmm. that's on Psalms, Jesus and Psalms. So I'm not even, I'm not even finished through that book yet, but wow. Jesus' fingerprint is all through the Old Testament. Wow. It's there. Angel of the Lord, you know, it's, it's all there. Oh, good. Yeah, I think in like 10 years, you'll have even, it'll be amazing to see what more revelation you have and awareness right. and the books, the more books that you will write. And <laughs> well, I think, I think we're all as a church getting more revelation in the end times. Yes. We have to take yes. on the occult. So we need to fully understand, like, like we're getting now, you know, I can't take on super big stuff. You know, I'm walking something dark, like without Jesus, but he's going to get the church to the point where this is who I am. You know, we're not quite there yet. Mm, yep, I agree. Understand there's some big dark stuff coming our way. We see it on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, these guys are summoning these guys are summoning the old gods. You know, yeah. look at the I watch paranormal shows, I kind of like see who's here on earth. You watch ghost adventures, they're summoning Dagon, they're summoning Malak, they're summoning, you know, like oh. um, Ra, these ancient dark spiritual regional spirits. And it's like, okay, church, where are we with this? We're not anywhere there understanding what these are and how we through Jesus Christ can tackle them. And that's what the book of Exodus was about, about the occult. You know, Jesus, raise your staff. I'm going to fight this battle. Just raise your staff. I'm telling you how to fight this, right? It wasn't I'm binding this, binding that. It's We're going to fight I mean, this so we, Jesus. So we really need to get on board with believing in the spiritual realm. Like we really need yes. to be getting on board yes. with this and not and just- And who Jesus is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is because it will, and this is a lot of times what, what happens is people just kind of sit back and they say, okay, Mike, you do your reading or Heidi, you do your podcast. Right. God yeah. is saying, no, he's calling all of us to come forth yes. and understand who we yeah. are. Because if we, I mean, if there's, I don't even think they even, some people even realize they don't know, even know what they're doing when they're summoning these big regional no. demonic nope whatever they are. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I don't even think they know what they're doing. Some people I right. think, you know, um, but really, even if they, they don't know, they're, I would say that they're possessed, that they're even doing that. Yep. They're seeking know, dark like stuff. They're, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't see. And what we were showing the Bible, yeah. Jesus crushed all of them. <laughs> yeah. So really, Jesus yeah. wins. Yeah. I mean, so we're yeah. going to be dealing with this dark stuff, but Jesus wins. But in the meantime, we need to be able to be armored up so that we can. Absolutely. Fight well, that's what, what shows Jesus, up. Was it 613? Therefore, put on the armor of God. Yeah. What's the therefore, therefore from Derek Prince, right? Because oh, yeah. Ephesians 6 12. Yeah. We're against these principalities and in heavenly realms, dark heavenly realms. Mm -hmm. Therefore, put on your armor of God, right? Because that's where here Absolutely. it comes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. I would love oh, it if you, you could pray for our listeners um, and really just even an increase. Um, increase and in hunger and and diving in. They don't have to look exactly like you, but they can, no. they can do it in the way that it looks like them. The way that God. That's right. That's right. We're unique to yeah. us. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, 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 we thank you so much for who you are, and we just love your story. And I just pray of the listeners too if they can't get enough of it either. You know, give them a starting point. I don't want this to be overwhelming. Like this has been a journey for me, putting this together of one question at a time. We've tackled. And I just want you to put the question on their hearts, too, of who you are, Jesus, or what 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 do I not understand about Jesus? And Holy Spirit, just come and be the teacher and show them 
whether it's through podcasts, whether it's through, you know, books, whether it's through whatever, God, or just sitting down in contemplative prayer through the Bible, or just talking to the spirit of what's going on, Jesus. And I just ask you to kindle this fire in the church during our Christmas season, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the you're the angel in the burning bush who said, I am. And back in Revelation 1, you said, I am, using the same language, the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end, God, and nothing can crush you. Nothing can stop you, and all things are created for you, by you. And I just want to, during this time, too, not to become a, a seminary time where you go down and read the Bible and take notes, but this becomes a relationship time. This is who my spouse is. This is the amazing man, the amazing Jesus. As we become more like the, the, the virgins with their lamps in Matthew, who are waiting for your return, this is our preparation to understand who our, who our groom is. And we thank you so much, Jesus, during this Christmas time that you just bless families, bring peace, and bring revelation and understanding, and also bring more people into your kingdom. We ask this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, and listeners can get a hold of you. His book is um, Cosmology and Demonology in Genesis 11 through 1, Reverend Mike, Michael Norton. You can actually get this on Amazon, and I'll put the link on there. Um, and if you could just share your website, um, they can find you there as well. You can find me at www.afg2sw.com. It's just an acronym for Field Guide to Spiritual Warfare.com. And the books are there and information, contact information is all there too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. Oh, thank you. This is always fun. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.